Hello, you're listening to Insight Says, a podcast about mental health and counseling. I'm your host, Kier Deneen, and this month's podcast topic is Help, My Teen is Insane, How to Talk to Your Challenging Teen. For this discussion, I'm joined by the owner and director of Insight Counseling in Richfield, Connecticut, Liz Jorgensen. Some background information about Liz, if you're not familiar with her. She has 30 years of experience as a psychotherapist specializing in adolescent psychotherapy and substance abuse counseling. She's a nationally recognized expert in substance abuse counseling, engaging resistant teens, and motivating them to change. She's also a consultant to independent schools and agencies, and is a popular speaker on parenting preteens and teenagers. She's presented nationally, including at Harvard University and Dartmouth College. She's also a recipient of a congressional award for her work as an educator and community prevention activist. Liz worked for 18 years at Danbury Hospital in Connecticut, where she helped develop all the adolescent substance abuse and dual diagnosis programs. Liz is a gifted speaker, and her parenting programs routinely receive outstanding reviews, and I think her skills come through very well during this discussion. So thanks, Liz, for sitting down with me again and talking. Um, we're going to be talking about how to talk to your challenging teen and giving some advice to parents, a little insight from Insight Counseling. Well, this is one of my favorite topics, and I, I hope that I never get too old and tired of dealing with this because I happen to be pretty good at it. I think you're pretty passionate. I don't think that's going to I, I know, <laughs> I know, but it's just at some point I'm like, oh, can I still deal with the teenagers? Like, you know. Because sometimes, by the time a family comes to Insight, all joking aside, it's like a life or death situation. The teenager's like out of control. But generally, when we go back, like when I speak to the parents at length and go back, you find out that the same teenager that's like completely out of control, sneaking out, selling drugs or whatever, they have a challenging temperament kind of from day one. And obviously, adolescence itself is a challenging time for the parent-child relationship because the teenager's psychological need is to break away from the idealized almost romantic love that you have for your parents when you're a child so we do know and this happens in all societies in fact the only time there's no teen rebellion is in quote-unquote tribal primitive societies where there are very good rituals that denote where you're an adult and you're given adult responsibilities younger isn't that interesting? Yeah. And also in those societies, you tend to always stay near your extended family. You don't go off to university maybe or or even if you You are, stay and yeah. you take on more responsibilities, but you're living with your family. Yeah, so you don't yeah. have this like, I need to separate from you guys to go and be okay on my own. So it seems to be, my, my, my word for parents on this is, without getting too geeked about it, is that it's a universal phenomena that teenagers think their parents are embarrassing stupid, dress funny, controlling, sometimes. controlling, don't know what they're talking about. Um, you know, I often joke around, I, I wrote a book, Delay Your Gray, How to Keep Your Teenager Safe and Yourself Sane. And I, I go over a story of, um, which I actually have my daughter read the beginning of like the first chapter. I go over like her adolescence. She's 32 now. And we were very close when she was little. And it actually like bothered her that she found me annoying and irritating because she would be bothers like, her current day now no no not now now she thinks uh, it's hilarious okay. but when she was like 12 or 13 and like just starting with yeah. puberty she'd be like really rude to me or like roll her eyes and she'd be like oh mom i'm sorry i don't know what it is it's almost like it takes over the teenage body like and they then yeah like hijacks them yeah. exactly where they're just like the parent that they love and adore they just think is like this ridiculous 
person. Now, that being said, if your child had a t challenging temperament as a toddler and as an eight-year-old and as a 10-year-old and they were strong-willed, we call them strong-willed or novelty-seeking children, it's a temperament. I was that way. That's probably why I could be the teenage whisperer with the, like out of control teenager. Because you've been there. Yeah, I've been there and I'm like, oh, I you've remember been there that. As a teenager and as a right. parent. Like an adult could show me like the scientific experiment proving something, I'd be like, I don't know about that. You know, like that's just, I'm embarrassed sometimes when I think about some of the things that I, you know, was so sternly uh, stubborn about. But my point is, whatever, so teenagers have to break away from that intense connection. And if they have a challenging temperament, it, it's going to be challenging parenting them through this time and this is such an easy thing to say parents and I know it's hard to do and believe me I've broken my own advice many times probably by the time I got to my fourth teenager well, I mean I'm very lucky my husband and I have four children I kind of had it right but like most of you're not gonna most of you have two or one you might not this. get that right but you just can't take any of your teenagers obnoxiousness personally and again I know it's so easy to say Especially when they say very hateful things to uh, your face in anger. It's so hard. And before I get to like specific ways of talking to them, my number one skill that I have used with all four of my own kids that I beg my lovely families here at Insight to use is called say it once and you take a time out. So you say what you need to say to your teenager because, yes, teenagers do need parenting. Yes, they need active parenting. Uh, believe it or not, we do know what we're saying for the most part as adults. We do understand physics and when it's safe to drive a car in certain weather, etc. And sometimes we just have to come down hard and there's no negotiating and we have to say what it is. And then what I say to parents is, you say what it is, make sure that that kid, you know, has heard you. And as soon as they start yelling and screaming or just being rude, whatever, just Okay, you heard it, boom, walk away. Because if you stay in the room, you know it's going to happen. And you then know. you're going to get more aggravated. Yes. It's going to start being a back and forth. You're no. not going to make any progress. Yes, exactly. And then you may, and I see this phenomena, and I actually wrote a paper about this years ago. There's a phenomena where parents will kind of feel like they owe their, their obnoxious testing teen all kinds of cockamamie explanations for common sense things. So let me just use an example. Yeah, give me one. My, my son, when he first learned how to drive, the oldest one, was insisting that he take the car out when it had just started snowing, but the the forecast was like four feet of snow or something insane. You know what I mean? One like of one, of those, yeah, one of those crazy Yeah, one of those crazy things. So we were just like, no, you're not taking the car. And he just, I can't believe it. You baby me. And, and he was six foot four, you know, and, and really smart kid. He's a grown up now. He's a scientist. Like, you know, he was pretty smart. And he actually, the smarter kids will come up like, with the kookiest things while they're rebelling that kind of sound like they make sense. In the moment. In the moment. And they'll yeah. throw like all this crazy stuff into the argument to try to get loving, compassionate, like smart, educated parents to like fall for like a piece of logic that's in the middle of all this crazy. So I say to the parents, it doesn't matter. If you've already decided something is unsafe or not the right thing for your child to do, first of all, try to be on, you've got to try to be on the same page with your spouse and or partner or ex-spouse whatever make sure you have that discussion first so they don't run to the other one and yeah. cause mess because that happens kid move. every child does it the other kids do it for a lollipop when they're four and they do it for the car when they're 17 they just do it so first you got to get your ducks in a row of like no you're not taking the car and then when they start that 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 say 
in any event, no matter what, I know you're upset, but my position is not going to change. And then walk away. Now, I have a permanent ridge on the side of my mouth inside from biting my own mouth as I'm walking away. I'm not even kidding you. Because I'm a hot Irish parent. I have a hot Irish temper. I like. I want to say, like, and how many parents can relate? Like, my kids will be yelling and screaming about something, or they were. Now they're all grown and good people now. But they'd be like, that's so stupid. You're the only parent. You guys are the only parents in Reading. You're paranoid about that. Every other parent thinks it's a good idea that kids go to Vermont by themselves unsupervised after the prom. Which, again, is something that they're just coming up with in the moment. Just in the moment. Or There's plenty of yeah. other parents doing the same right, thing. Right, exactly. Yeah. But then you, you get like hooked together. into it and you start thinking. So you just have to be like, in any event, this is it. Because there's also, not only do you avoid getting into a fight here, but there's a powerful message when you refuse to keep arguing because teenagers admit to me all the time in my office oh yeah I'll keep baiting my parents till they finally blow up say something like I can't believe how ungrateful you are we pay for private school you have your own car then classic typical well-intentioned loving well-educated parent will then feel guilty and sometimes give in because of the bad thing they said in the middle of the heat of the argument do you understand so to uh, avoid uh, all that, just say it. Lay it down. Walk away. Well, first you have to decide what is the limit. And I say that it sounds like an obvious thing, but sometimes parents like haven't decided. And 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 I give every parent listening to this and every parent in America permission to not answer a teenager right away. So if they like the first time one of my teenagers came to me about going to a music festival, well, I already knew what a music festival was from my job. So I luckily had a little, you know. Insider insight, and by the way, no child before the age of eighteen, unless you're going with them, should probably go to a two or three day music festival, unless they're Crazy playing in the festival because yeah. they're a famous musician, and then they have like a manager and a whatever. <laughs> That's my personal opinion. But anyway, you can your teenager is going to try to make their desire to get to yes like an emergency, right? So they're going to come at you like, you can only buy the ticket right now online. Well, my friends oh, are going to go And then the parent's like, ah, oh, I got to decide right now. No, you don't. I, the, and I used to say, in the Jorgensen family, there's only three emergencies. A bleeding artery, the house is on fire, 105 temperature. Oh, and then we added the dog got loose. We had a dog that was a runner. The dog's loose. Okay. Otherwise, take your time. Say, I don't know. I used to always say, oh, let me talk to dad. Right? Yeah. Or like whatever. Or let me call your friend's mom and see. Like, oh, let me call Mrs. So-and-so and see if, in fact, she's okay with you all going to Bonnaroo in Tennessee. Meanwhile, I call Mrs. X, and she says, oh, my gosh, I said the same thing. I don't think so. Let me call Liz. Like, oh, there you go. But parents will get sucked into it and be like, I've got to give an answer right away. No, you don't. Yes, you have the power to be able to say, you know what? I need, I need today time. to think about it, and yeah. I will let you know. I will let you know. And I really, I can't emphasize this enough like and I say this at the end of my usually when I do my parent speeches if your teen isn't like annoyed with you or mad at you a couple times a week you're probably a slacker (laughs) you know what I mean like even my easiest one of our children has like the easiest temperament and it's funny because the other three always go like oh he's your favorite I'm like no he's not my favorite he just like does what I ask him to do he's the easiest yeah right it's just it's very convenient because he actually mows the lawn like right when we say mow the lawn but even he would give me lip and roll his eyes and like, oh, yeah, okay, ma, uh-huh, uh-huh, you know. But just, first of all, don't take the bait. And as a parent, you are in control. So you don't need to take the bait, and you don't need to argue. And let me tell you something. The best bosses in the world are nice, show that they care about you as a human being, but every once in a while say, look, 
it's your turn to work the weekend. And they walk away. They don't say, are you sure it's okay? Are you sure you'll stay at your job? Like, it's just like the way that it is. Like, it's just, and like, so take a little of that authority back. Because what we've done is, as a generation of parents, we've gone from authoritarian dictatorship in many of our houses growing up to complete laissez-faire. And like, were the teenagers an equal to you? No. I'll tell you when my kids became equals, when they're paying their own bills. Which, yay, I got three out of four are there. <laughs> but now we're like, okay, like, well, I mean, I guess I'm always the mom and my husband's always the dad. And, like, my parents are elderly and, like, they're still my parents. Like, mm-hmm. we're not actually equals, you know what I mean? But I'm meaning, like, where their opinion is equal and The relationship discuss. comes more of a friendship than active parenting. Exactly. But that takes a long time. And I want parents of this... Of the this generation, right? Who had children in the knots, and now the kids are teenagers, and you know, your child is comforted by an authoritative stance, where you say, "I understand you would prefer to go to Bonnaroo, and live in a tent with no working bathrooms for three days, and this is the most important thing of your life, and you believe that you will always regret that I said you couldn't go." I'm being a little sarcastic. I wouldn't go this far, but. I, we don't have the money. Here's another thing. Just say to the kid, like, we can't afford that. That's not a good use of our resources, which, <gasps> shocking. You could say that. You say I say that all the time. Yeah, concerts but, but, like that can be very expensive. Oh, so. like hundreds and hundreds of dollars yeah. a day. And or we don't think it's safe. That seems like something you would do when you're in college. End of sentence. End of argument. Yep. Walk away. And then the kid knows. In fact, in my office, hundreds of times, kids have said, like, ugh. Bums me out. Like, since my parents are coming here and do the parent group and stuff like that, they'll just be like, that's it. That's the rule. Walk away. And then you know what? The kids will yell, like, oh, really? Did Kristen and Liz tell you that? But the parents still, like, walk away. And then it's over. Yeah. The fight's over. And, and the you thwart- get to avoid yes. all of the fighting. And that it's over. leads to a worse relationship. Yes. So it's, it's better to uh, be more streamlined. Yeah. And I want to say just one thing about weed. So, for the parents who maybe listen to the weed episode, I need you parents to have an authoritative stance with the fact that marijuana is not a safe, benign substance. And even if your kid is getting straight A's in college, in high school, sorry, it is not okay that they smoke weed. And you have every right to set natural consequences like, oh, we discovered marijuana in your room and contraband related to dabs of marijuana. Um, here, take this drug test, and until you test clean, you do not have permission to drive the car, okay? Now, you don't have to yell, you don't have to scream, you don't have to preach, because those two things are naturally and causatively connected. We know that THC in the brain causes a delay in reaction time. A car is a privilege. It is not in the Constitution. Neither is a laptop or gaming system or anything else. So... You got to keep it. And I mean, that's just one limit you could set, but that's a very natural consequence. So you can set limits about things like weed and stuff like that without going exorcist on your kid either. You can get them, make them do educational things. Like one of my best things that I teach the parents here at Inside is like, okay, you catch the kid with weed. They have to do a PowerPoint for you showing like, what does weed actually do to the brain? Meanwhile, I give the parents my PowerPoint so they have all the facts already. Like, right, but at least it gets like, the kid a little bit more engaged with yes. what they've been doing to their body and so that they understand if they're doing their own research. Yes, and, and rarely will a kid 
fight to the death around smoking weed. And in that case, obviously, you have to get a professional evaluation from somebody that really understands the substance use. Because a small percentage, 90% of kids who smoke weed just need discipline and need the parents to make it extraordinarily inconvenient and annoying to continue to smoke weed. Because the truth is you can't control them. You cannot follow them around. You can't restrict their friendships because P.S. in Connecticut, by senior year, 80% of students, last survey, said they had tried marijuana. So you can't restrict your kid from 80% of the high school. Like, And I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying it is what it is. It's this, these are the realities that your kid is facing when they yeah. go to school every day. Which you could acknowledge. Like I say to kids in my office and I have parents say, like, look, we understand that this is really tough because right now weed is... A lot of parents have no idea their kids are smoking weed. A lot of kids don't understand, or most kids don't understand how actually potent, and in the previous podcast we talked about that, how potent, how dangerous weed is. But we have educated ourselves. We know it's dangerous. We love you. We're your parents. The answer's going to be no. And we, we know we can't stop you, but what we can do is do everything we can to keep you safe and restrict your use of the car or other things like that. And I think believe, saying yeah. it in a way like that is yes. reinforcing that they love you and that's why they're doing that's this. That's why they're doing Rather it. than you're acting out, we're doing this because yeah. of that. It's it's yeah. taking that more informative approach of yes. this is what's going on rather than getting the emotions to muddle all that. Well, you made an excellent point. So what is an authoritative stance as a parent? It is saying, I love you and in many cases I do know better what is safe. Because you do. You've got you a just, few years just, on them, more experience. You know what I say to kids and they have to laugh this. I go, look... Even a stop clock is right twice a day, right? So even if you think your parent is wrong about everything, just by the fact that they've lived to be 50 years old, they have seen consequences. They have seen family members that got in trouble with drugs. They have seen things like that. Like, And you're not going to agree with them for maybe years to come, but it is what it is. Just like when, and I say to parents, parents are like, oh, but he doesn't want to come in for an evaluation. He's arguing he won't do it. I go, well... Give him a choice. Say, I can tell you what, you get the car keys back when you go for the evaluation, right? Oh, suddenly we have a customer, right? <laughs> or parents say like, oh, we set the limits on him and he's so mad at us and he's so upset. I go, yeah. And when he was two years old and he had 102 fever, you held him down and you shoved the penicillin down his throat. Like, this is one of those situations, but you can do it without aggression or without losing your temper, as you pointed out. You can say, in fact, I used to say that my oldest son, who's the the most novelty seeking in our family and was always pushing the limits and he turned out to be a great adult but I would hug him around the chest at this age at like the weed wars age and I would hug him and he's only 30 so he was but he was when my 32 year old and 30 year old were kids the weed was not as ubiquitous as it was but it was there but I would hug him around the chest and I would say Christopher remember I love you more than anything in the world and I couldn't bear if anything happened to you right so that's authoritative it's not predicting disaster, nor is it saying, oh, what can you do? Kids will be kids. Oh, they all do it. We did it. We turned out fine. It's using the true love in the relationship. In fact, later on, my son admitted, Ma, you know, I kind of miss that speech that used to give me, which he remembers differently. He remembers me saying, like, I don't want you to die, which actually kind of is implied in that, but like... Right, that's probably the message he pulled from <laughs> he what pulled you're saying. From it, like, I don't want you to die. And yeah. he actually admitted, actually kind of to my chagrin, Ma, do you know how many times I was like, I was going to do something stupid, and I like remembered it, and I was like, okay, don't tell me what you were going to do. Right. I, don't, I still have two teenagers at home, I don't want to know. But that's authoritative. It's using how much you love your child, looking him in the eye, saying like, I couldn't bear if something happened to you, Right. 
And parents usually want to do this, but feel inhibited. Like if you hear about something terrible happen in your town, like a fatal car accident or something, say to your child, oh my God, how horrifying. Like that's so terrible. Like that could happen to any teenager, like whatever. Like, And then they'll roll their eyes, they'll click their teeth, whatever, but they hear it. Yeah. They hear it. I'm, you know even, they even do. Even when my own mother has said things like that, especially her big thing is... Um, you know, safe driving and everything. Safe driving. Oh and that gosh. every time I leave the house or anything, yeah, she's yeah. like, please drive carefully. Yeah. And like, yeah, I do, you know, I don't do it so she can see me. But as I walk <laughs> out, I roll my eyes. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, she's got a point. She's and right. I do drive a little safer time. Yeah, she, yeah, she says that I'm a little yeah, bit yeah. Yes. more attentive. Perfect. And so perfect it does example. work, even if, you know, your kids are rolling their eyes. Once they leave you, they kind of, that message is with them. Well, one of the lines in Delay Your Grades, I say, you know, parenting is not. An instant gratification job, people. No. And your no. kid will thank you, but they're probably not going to thank you till they're like 40. Yeah, you know, it's going to be yeah. a decade later. Okay, yeah. hey, remember when you told me this? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Or once they're out on their own and kind of experience the world or have a different perspective or see kind of other parents. Oh, and I want to say one more thing about this, about being tough as a parent. Yeah, throw saying, something in before we end. Okay, and saying teenagers may want you to be laissez-faire and give in to anything. But they actually know that that's a neglectful position. So when it comes to their friends, parents, like these... And sometimes there is, usually in every town, there's a few parents where it's free range, you know. And maybe the parents sadly have their own alcoholism problem and they're drinking with the kids or whatever. But when push comes to shove, you talk to teenagers about that and they're like, oh yeah, that's terrible for Mike that his parents are that way. Like they kind of say, like, I wish you were like Mike's parents, but they know. At the end of the day, I, I had that situation of in yeah. middle school having a friend and I'd go over the, you know, her mom's house and she wasn't really there around and I didn't really feel, I was safe, but I didn't feel yeah, as yeah, yeah. good being well, there. Well, because you knew you could do anything. House. You could do anything. Right. You could yeah. get away with it. And the funny thing is, again, your teenagers rolling their eyes telling you you're stupid, telling you, you know, they hate you, as you said, um, they, they, you know, all kinds of terrible things. Do they mean it? Absolutely not. Do they love you eternally? Absolutely. And stay strong, mom and dad. And in time, your kid will come back and say like, oh yeah, that was right. You know, you might even be lucky enough to get, I've gotten a couple apologies from my two strongest will kids. Like, oh mom, I was such a brat, whatever. Which I didn't comfort them. I was like, yeah, it's kind of rough there for you. Now, yeah. now you can reverse I'm so glad that you're a great adult, right? So. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks so much for sharing this insight. And for people that want to learn more, you can go to insightcounselingllc.com. And we're going to have all the links that we mentioned and different mm -hmm. things um, in the show notes there. So thanks. Thanks. For more information about Liz Jorgensen and Insight Counseling, head over to insightcounselingllc.com. Again, that's insightcounselingllc.com. You can also request appointment to info at insightcounselingllc.com. That's info at insightcounselingllc.com. Thanks for listening and join us next month to learn and discover more about mental health.